Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. I'm Marla Martinson, a crystal-loving, tarot-slinging, matchmaker, author, and energy healer. I'm here to inspire you to heal the past, live in the moment, and put some magic and fun in finding your soulmate. This is a place where we talk about all things love, light, how to make your dreams come true, and awaken to your authentic self by consciously creating your reality. Hello, hello everyone. Welcome, welcome to the Mystical Matchmaker Podcast. Yes, I am Marla Martinson, the Mystical Matchmaker. I've been playing Cupid and I've been making some amazing matches this spring and summer's upon us and everybody wants summer love, right? And um, I've got a great guest for you guys today, but first of all, I'm going to do what I've been doing lately, read a little inspiration from Louise Hayes' Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner Wisdom. And I'm just going to give us a little amazing thought for the day, which is I am one with everyone on the planet We are all on the cutting edge of a profound awakening of consciousness for the planet. We can unite with our brothers and sisters throughout the world in unifying love. There are not two conflicting powers that is good and evil. There is one infinite spirit, and there are human beings who have the opportunity to use this intelligence and wisdom and tools they have been given in every way. When you talk about them, You are talking about us because we are the people, we are the government, we are the churches, and we are the planet. The place to begin making changes is right where we are. It is all too easy to say it's the devil or it's them. It really is always us. So I thought that was a very poignant message from Louise Hay today. Now, you guys, I'm going to get right into it because... There's one thing that I love, and that's books. Being an author myself, I've been a bookworm since I was practically out of the womb. My mother used to read to me all the time. And then um, my favorite thing to do was go to the library and just carry home an armful of books. And I'd even have a going list and and say, okay, I'm going to read 100 books this summer or whatever. And uh, one thing that I love about my job as a podcast host and doing my YouTube channel is I get – to read a lot of books. The publicity um, publicists for different authors send me the books and see if they want if I want to interview their, their authors, and I just get to read the most amazing uh, books, mostly self-help. But guess what? I've got a great novel for you guys to read this summer. I am loving it. It's called Apollo and Me, and guess what? I have the author here with me. I'm going to bring her on in a minute. Her name is Kate Montana. She's an author, a journalist, a teacher whose main focus up until now has been evolutionary ego psychology, consciousness, quantum physics, gender archetypes, and the divine feminine. And she's a former network television producer, production engineer and an editor for ABC, NBC, CBS, ESPN, BBC, and HBO. Kate also spent many years as a newspaper reporter in the Pacific Northwest which is my, um, 
my home area where I grew up. Pacific, I'm a Pacific Northwest girl, so I love that. Over the course of her life, she's traveled extensively, meditated a lot, worked with plant medicines and shamans in the Amazon jungles of Peru, the Andes in Ecuador, and the deserts of New Mexico. How cool is that, you guys? She studied yoga and participated in ancient alchemical goddess-based consecration rituals in India, explored prehistoric South African ruins on horseback, hiked solo through England's sacred sites, shot raging rivers by kayak, camped alone across the U.S. and Canada, lived in isolated cabins in the wilderness, raised wolves, trained thoroughbred horses, married and divorced, and lots more. Oh, my God. I think she has me beat in things that she's tried because I'm a Gemini. I do a ton of things, but this is unreal. She has a master's degree in humanistic psychology, is passionately in love with all things Greek, and lived on the island of Maui in Hawaii. Well, that's no. She lives on the, Mau- on the island of Maui, the farthest point of land from any other landmass in the world. Oh, my gosh. All right. I'm bringing her on now. Hello, Kate. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Hi, Mala. It's great to be on the show. It's like, who are you reading about? Who is that woman? <laughs> who is that amazing woman? Oh, my gosh. And you're a talented, amazing writer. Oh, so, I, <laughs> so when, yeah, when did you, when I have to, when did, when did you fit the writing in with all these adventures? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Marla, uh, writing was something that I always knew I was going to do starting at about age 12. I'm, you know, I'm so like you. My mom read to me, and I couldn't wait to be able to jerk the book out of her hand and read myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Yes, I was. Totally. Yeah, in, in, in first grade, I remember me and my friend Joni, uh, that's when we were starting to read, and we were like reading. We'd all take turns reading when we were all being taught, and we would read like, really fast. It was almost like, like a competition. You know, we were both like the best readers. And uh, then by the third grade, I wanted to write. But um, so when did you have your first book? Now you had a book with um, Hay House with Darren Weissman, right? And uh, yeah. tell us about some of your other that, books too, before we get into it. Yeah, that, that was the first book, um, Discovering Gifts in Strange Wrapping Paper, Oh, the Heart of the Matter, uh, that I wrote with Darren. And then my first, you know, after 20 years of being a journalist, Marla, um, I got the message loud and clear from Spirit that I needed my first solo book needed to be a memoir. Oh my God! Mm. I had never mm-hmm. used I'd never used the I word in any of my writing ever, and so to you know to switch hats and and then write about my life from the perspective right. I, I wanted to I, I took a deep dive into the nature of what what the hell is the feminine nature anyway. I had, as a journalist, I'd been doing a, um, uh, a report with a shaman down in um, Argentina in the Shuar tribe, and I was doing a, an article about him, and he ended up talking about how his tribe used the feminine and the masculine dynamics, and they understood the masculine and the feminine. The women did women things. The guy did guy things. They all had equal representation on tribal council, blah, blah, blah. And then he said, you know, but the women have one job that is the most important job in the tribe and only the women can do it and I was like yeah 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 have babies and he went no no he said the most important job of the tribe is the women tell the men when to stop 
because men left to their own devices are very aggressive, linear, and they just go for it. And and, and he said the yeah. women's job was to tell the men, stop cutting the trees. We have enough huts. Stop cutting the, you know, stop hunting the, the, the wildlife. We have enough food. Stop fishing the rivers. We have enough fish. And I was like, oh, my God. My first question was, how the hell do the women have the power to tell the men to stop? But that end got into a whole conversation about male-female dynamics, and it woke me up, Marla. This was back like in yeah. 2010. It woke me up to the realization that I'd been raised to be one of the guys. I, I didn't know how to stop. You know, I was out there uh-huh. hunting and fishing and cutting down the trees. And Uh it's like, I didn't know how to stop. And I was like, that put me on a deep dive into what is the nature of the feminine and why, what have I been missing and where did she go and why did I lose track of her? Oh, my God. So that was my first book called Unearthing Venus, My Search for the Woman Mm -hmm. Within. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then. Beautiful. Wow. All my other books were about psychology and enlightenment and ego evolution and all very you know, spiritual but and self-help um, oriented. But, you know, back to more uh, left brain, more masculine approach to life and, and God. Um, so yeah. the, the book where we're going to talk about today, Apollo and Me, was, oh, wow, an incredible dive into the nature again of the feminine and the feminine wound. And, um, yeah. oh, wow. And it was a very mystical journey. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's about the, the, the main character is an American author, Catherine Adams, and uh, she's from the, she has a book that she wrote and was at a book signing, and then she goes to a Greek island to relax, and then she runs into somebody very special. <laughs> so, <laughs> so where did this idea for Apollo and me come from? How did this happen? Oh, my God, Marla. Okay, I was in Greece. I was writing a book called The E-Word, Ego, Enlightenment, and Other Essentials for a Simon & Schuster imprint, and this was 2015. I was on a publishing deadline, and um, so I I was living on the island of Paros at a friend's house writing, and I'd always had a thing about Greek mythology and especially the Greek god Apollo ever since I was a young girl, and the first place I ever went when I was 19 out of the United States was I went to Greece and I went to Delphi to the the center of the Apollo um, uh, religious cult. So here I am, 2015, 40 odd years later, and I go back to Delphi because I just wanted to take a break from this very intense book I was writing. So I I do the you know the crowd thing and the tourists and it's beautiful and it's April and I'm like on top of the world you know my God I've got to deal with a Simon and Schuster imprint I'm writing this book I'm in Greece it's spring, ah, so I hiked up Mount Parnassus the next day just to get away from the crowds and have some alone time and I'm sitting there and the sea of Corinth is behind me and the spring breezes are blowing and I'm looking down at the tourists in the temple complex and ah, and then I had a vision <laughs> I oh. kid you not I'm sitting there minding my own P's and Q's and Marla I had this vision and this beautiful man appeared to me, just bounding over the rocks towards me. And he came and he sat down next to me and he said, hi, I'm Apollo. I have things to tell humanity. Let's talk. And 
that and then but when, poof, what, that. when you say vision, was this a vision in a meditation? Was this an imagination? What what was the vision? How how did this happen? How did it happened like? just like bam out of left field. It was like I wasn't meditating. Um, you know, I'd actually had too much Greek coffee that morning. So I was kind uh-huh. of <laughs> and so I was just sitting there, just re- totally relaxed, um, and then it just in my mind's eye, this being appeared, wow. and I was like, "Whoa!" And then yeah, I've never seen him since, and um, and you know, of course, here I am. I'm I'm writing another book, a very intense book, psychology and ego and 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 enlightenment, mm-hmm. and I couldn't get my mind off of Apollo. This glorious being with copper colored yeah. eyes that just mm. riveted me and so you know I went back to Paros and I you know I was a good girl I, I sat back down and, and I wrote the e-word and I got my my manuscript on in on deadline but you know two days later I actually went back to the computer and I was like okay dude what do you have to tell humanity? Let's talk. And um, mm-hmm. I just sat back at my computer and tuned into his energy, this beautiful being's energy, wow. and those copper-colored eyes. And I just and this story just started to come through me, Marla. Oh my <laughs> God! So it's like a channeled book. It's a channeled, basically, story. Fundamentally. Yeah. yeah. I mean, some of the information I knew and some of the information yeah. just totally took me out of left field. Um, and wow. the last thing I ever expected to write was a freaking love story. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, because when uh, I'm reading it, it's the and you know what I love is that Catherine is in her 60s. You know, I love that, like early 60s or so. So yeah. it's that's just refreshing because you don't find a lot of, you know, you don't find love stories that much with, with a mature woman. Um, so I, no. you know, love that. And uh, and also, you know, the, talking about like she's self-conscious of, and, and um and he's like, no, you're beautiful. I've always loved you, you know. So it's it's uh, because since I'm a matchmaker, it's like I'm ma- and and I love matching women in their fifties and sixties, and they're always thinking, oh, the guys want younger, and uh, uh-huh. they, so all of the the uh, more mature women, single women out there, have to read this too because it's just like so juicy. It's so like yes, there is love for everybody. But, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, and and okay. a lot of people have asked me, is Catherine, is this autobiographical? And I have to right, unabashedly right. admit, very much so. Um, mm-hmm. I interjected myself completely into this book because it really, you know, it really was this conversation between me and this being, this archetypal masculine wisdom energy from the past, whatever, whatever the hell I was involved in in engaging, um, and. And I couldn't, I couldn't separate myself from the story, Marla. And and I realized, and so much of what Apollo had to say about healing the feminine wounding um, that's in all yeah. of us what was, you know, so much of it is this deep-seated self-loathing and insecurity as a female, and especially once we've apparently gone past the, you know, juicy, you know, sexy body twenties and thirties mm-hmm. stage, and then we start things start to sag and drag, and it's like, oh my God, right. I, I mean, I can't believe as a feminist that I would be that hung up and thinking, oh, my body is my only valuable, you know, asset, and it's just like, but that's in us. 
right. within me. Right. And so to, to have this, to, to, I fell in love with Apollo. What can I say? And I'm convinced. Yes, you're convinced. Well, just briefly, I'm convinced that I had a that I was um, I had a past life in Delphi as one of his temple priestesses in a past life. Uh huh. So, for people who don't really know much about Apollo, just like give us a little bit about him. You know, who is he? Sure. Yeah. Uh, Apollo is is the Greek mythological. God of the archetype of wisdom, the archetype mm-hmm. of masculine beauty and proportion. He's the god of healing and the god of music. Now, he he came along of all of the, I didn't know this, of all of the Greek um, pantheon of gods, all of the other masculine gods, you know, Zeus, Hephaestus, um, entities like that, they had their temples and they had their priests. Apollo? Nope, he had priestesses in his all of his mm. temples around around Greece, and he told me that the reason that that was the case was that he saw the fall of the goddess religion and what the what the result was going to be of this overarching patriarchal structured rule bound shame based um, religion was going to do to humanity. And he was appalled by the vision of what was in store for us if we didn't keep our juiciness, our sexiness, our sensuality, our aliveness, our our intuitive feminine capacities, our wildness available to us. And so yeah. he wanted to show the equality of man and woman. And he, wa- he told me he wanted to hold the gateway open energetically for the equality of women up until the time of the coming of what we call the Christos, the coming of the Christ, mm-hmm. which is a yeah. consciousness that comes forward at a certain time in every intelligent species um, evolution that instead of worshiping forces outside of us, trying to you know placate the god of lightning and the, and the goddess of the hearth to bring his children and, and the god of the earthquake not to strike his dead, you know, instead of placating and supplicating outside forces and worshiping outside divinity. The coming of the Christos marks that interior recognition in all of our hearts and minds that, oh my God, I I am divine. You are divine. And we're part of this amazing dance called life and creation and we're co-creators. And so he told me that his desire had been to hold the you know put a finger in the dike so to speak and and hold back the mm-hmm. overwhelming avalanche of the patriarchal structure and rules rule bound society taking over in religion until the time of the Christos when Jesus Yeshua ben Joseph mm-hmm. was supposed mm-hmm. to come forward and teach not just the divinity within woman and man but to travel and teach with his wife Mary Magdalene who was mm-hmm. a high initiate priestess and demonstrate to humanity the equality and the divinity of man and woman. Wow. Can you imagine if yeah. he hadn't been crucified, if they had been able, if he and the, and the Magdalene had been able to teach for the 30, 40 odd years that they had planned, it would have changed the course of the world. Well, and a lot instead of, of channelers, you know, the, oh, instead Go of ahead. into this, yeah, yeah. 
I, I was going to say there's yeah. a lot, I listen to a lot of channelers and, and a lot of channel uh-huh. books on Jesus, and they, they say that he wasn't crucified. He was just, it looked like it because he was such a master. He'd studied in India, and he was made able to look like he was dead. And then they took him out. That's when they rolled away the stone and he was gone. That's because they took him and he went, they went, him and Mary, he and Mary Magdalene went to France and lived right. uh, the, their life out there. That's what they say. Um, this that's, that's another apology. take on it. That's another take. Yeah. Uh-huh. So what were you going to say? That's if, another if take. Did, then he, yeah. Yeah. Well, but basically, you know, basically because he was betrayed and it wasn't by Judas. That was, you know, that, right. I mean, Judas played his part, but there was, there were larger forces at play. And I, and I bring this, it is a very duplicitous plot by other <clears throat> quasi-divine forces that humanity is actually empowered and set in motion. That is, a, you know, there was a God force, um, a very powerful entity that has a plot afoot to keep humanity at each other's throats, to keep us divided, and especially yeah. to drive a wedge between masculine and feminine, and mm-hmm. to keep the confusion about what these divine forces of masculine and feminine really are. And, you know, let's, let's focus on genitalia, penises and vaginas, and, you know, and, and our emotions and our conflicts and our differences, and keep us apart. When what we're talking about are these rich archetypal forces that are the foundation of all creation that far, far, far transcends anatomical parts and pieces. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, absolutely. And it was fascinating that um, also Apollo was talking about that he was a tulpa and the things that he did was like very violent and stuff, and, but it was so many, you know, thousands of years. And uh, so that was like a struggle for for the our heroine there, to um, right, you know, and and such right. a yeah. such a huge understanding for people to um, for readers. Um, if we could get a handle on how you know we're great creators, we're these manifestors, we're these divine beings, and where we put our focus and attention and our emotion um, is what creates reality. This is nothing new to I'm sure you or your audience. I mean, this, and right. it's like, but we've we've created these forces, these, and given them the qualities of divinity, and given them power over us, and then bowed down and worshipped these forces and fed these forces that then depend upon keeping us subjugated and in awe and frightened, and mm-hmm. and yeah. thereby basically milking us for emotional food to keep them strong and in a dominant position. So, you know, we look at the chaos and the conflict and the divisiveness on this planet. There Mm -hmm. are very strong, you know, Apollo made it very clear there are tremendous forces afoot that do intentionally want to keep humanity at each other's throats, men and women at each other's throats. Oh and yes, and now part- we see the Me Too movement, and and you know, of course, the media is it's uh, every day making spinning things and head, you know, scary headlines and make, to make people outraged. Just like you know, we don't even know if it's really true. We just uh, yeah. read it or hear it, and then we everybody's all all up in arms. And so, um, yeah, just going. I think everybody should go to Greece and and <laughs> or somewhere <laughs> and, and meet a Greek god. <laughs> 
meet a greet God, reconnect with themselves, and and um, and all of this. It's you know, looking at your bio here, um, you know, I'm also you know, I've worked with plant medicine and uh, journeys and all a lot of different. Uh, things like that, and I can just imagine that all these wonderful things you've done has just opened you up and be had you be able to connect and connect with Apollo, and um, and all of that. So you probably you were probably when you said you were like, whoa, what's that? You were shocked, but then looking back, maybe you weren't so shocked, right? I I can see Marla the pattern. I can see why this happened to me. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I was on a spiritual journey for many, many years, and all of my books reflect this. I, 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 I did the aesthetic in the loincloth in the cave routine. I meditated for over 20,000 hours. I, was, I wanted to be enlightened. Mm. I was all yeah. about, get me out of here. Get me right. out of here. And, um, and then I had basically an awakening in 2007, and it changed everything. And I realized that it was about that, you know, enlightenment is the natural result of living life fully and embodying it. It's not about getting out of here. It's about becoming whole here mm-hmm. and about actualizing our, our wholeness and our total potential as a, as a human being. And that only comes when we start balancing out masculine attributes, you know, left brain, intellectual, logical, structured, rule-based aggressive, linear, focused characteristics and blend that with heart and inclusivity and, and, and multidimensionality and wildness and lack of structure and boundaries that the, that the feminine represents. You know, when we marry, when the great marriage between masculine and feminine happens, and again, we're not talking penises and vaginas here. We're talking about, well, that too. But, you know, we're talking yeah. about these qualities of life itself, the yin and the yang, coming together in one human being. Yeah. Boy, yeah. we have potent forces afoot. So, yeah, wow. I was very and, much guided to this place. Yeah. And when when you say you had an, you know, you became awakened, a lot of people will say, oh, I had my awakening. You know, we hear about that. Is that just more mm-hmm. of a, uh, some people have like, okay, their third eye is open and they start seeing this and that. Or some people just say, I just all of a sudden had a knowing and didn't didn't uh, see the world the same way anymore as their awakening. Uh, you know, would, would you say that was more, more of it? You just kind of saw things completely, you know, in a different way. I had been um, for many years moving into um, a state of samadhi um, and mm, universal mm-hmm. consciousness where the personality would yeah. completely drop and I was just one with everything and oh. there was no Kate Montana. But the moment right. I would open my eyes, you know, and get off my meditation cushion, you know, the world, I was right back there with all of my torment and all my insecurities and all my, you know, worries yeah. about money and all that. But, so yeah. in 2007, literally, I opened my eyes one morning after meditation, and I didn't come back. There wasn't oh. a Montana. And it so was, it is the key uh, it is was, meditation. It, yeah, the key, right? The you know, key it really is. We've got to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So that that was a three day, you know, I, I can't even call it an experience that I had because the experience that there was no Kate, there was no I, an experiencer to have the experience of enlightenment. So, you know, this whole thing about I can become enlightened is BS. Yeah. 
the right. actual antithesis, yeah. chasing this, oh, my God, Kate Montana can become enlightened. No, enlightenment is divine suicide. <laughs> so that was my <laughs> – that was my awakening back in 2007, and what happened, however, was that literally the neurological network of Cape Montana, after three days, began to reestablish itself. So um, liberation no more, damn it. <laughs> so then I was left, well, now what do I do? <laughs> now that I know that Kate's really an illusion and a total um, mental construct and it got no reality whatsoever really to it except what I feed it, I'm like, oh, my God, now what? You know, literally, life, Marla, has taught me. I came in, and I was like all of us probably in in this 20th, 21st century women. I was taught to be a guy. I had to be a guy to survive. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to to live and work and think and and even make love like a a pursue life like a man Mm -hmm. if I wanted to survive in this world. I had to learn the guy's Mm -hmm. path, and we have done that. Now the trick is to go back and pick up our pick up our skirts, <laughs> pick up the rest of the yeah. package, and and divine what that beautiful divine element of the wild feminine really is, and the gifts she brings. So oh, that's I been my it. path ever since. Ever since that awakening was like I got to go back, live life fully, embody it, get into my body, get into my sensuality, my sexuality, my feeling, my emotion. Mm-hmm revel in the richness of all of life Beautiful. and not try to well, just get what? out of here <laughs> yes well you know what this, this is already it's just a half an hour show and i can't believe how fast it went it feels like we're talking for 10 minutes but everybody oh my god to, i know Kate's website is katemontana.com. That's Kate with a C. And you can, um, I'll hook it up back at Blog Talk Radio. The book is Apollo and Me. Get it on Amazon.com or go to Kate's website and check out her um, book there or other offerings. Thank you so much, Kate. This has been an absolute delight. It certainly has. Thanks, Marla. (laughs) Bye. Bye, everybody. Until next time, much love. Aloha. Aloha.